You're listening to the She's Unshakable podcast. I'm your host, Fleur Lonsdale, and if you're looking to create incredible courage, resilience, and unshakable belief in yourself, then this podcast is for you. Each episode, I'll be interviewing incredible adventurers, athletes, and entrepreneurs to dig deep into the strategies and tools they use to create unwavering courage and belief so that you can learn how to never give up on your goals and achieve the life of your dreams. Hello everyone, I am so excited to introduce to you my guest for today, who is, I feel like, a long lost friend. I feel like we've known each other in past lives. And um, I think we've been talking about having you on the podcast for so long now that we're finally here, we're finally doing it and I'm so excited. Um, and Katie and I have um, been through <laughs> hell and high waters together and I feel like I've known you inside and out and I'm sure by the end of this podcast you'll all feel the same as well which I'm super excited about because we all know how much I love the real stories and the real things that people actually go through on this podcast um, and that's why we're here and I'm so excited for you to share your story with us Katie so welcome welcome to the She's Unshakable podcast. Thanks so much. You're welcome. How's your day going? Good? Good. It's a little bit chilly here in New Zealand, but that's okay. It's a little bit chilly. It's Friday. It's Friday. Um, Okay, awesome. So hang on. Before we get into your story and everything, I would love for you to share your morning routine with us because I know it's all about your morning routine as well as mine. So go and tell us a little bit about that. Okay, cool. Um, So morning routine is so, so important I'm going to, you would think that I'm going to tell you a perfect morning routine here, which on some days I do, uh, some days I don't do. So I'm not perfect by any means, but on a really good day, I get out of bed, I do my meditation, I do breath work, I do journaling, I do goal setting, um, I drink hot lemon and apple cider vinegar, um, I do some yoga, and then I go and I do my training at the gym. That doesn't happen every morning, though. (laughs) You know, I'm also a solo mum, so some mornings (laughs) I sleep in and I get up and I'm, you know, like trying to get Jackson together out the door as fast as I can. Yeah, nice. I think it's, that's quite a lot as well. Like if you have that at night, you're like, whoa, I've got to do a lot in the morning when I wake up rather than going, okay, if I just do like 10% of that, then I'm good, right? Let's just do it. Yeah, and you know, the little, that's such a good point, Fleur, because, um, I remember when I used to try to be spiritually perfect and it just never worked. Like I was like, there's no way I'm going to do an hour of yoga. There's no way I'm not going to do 20 minutes meditation, but I can do five. Totally. I can do five minutes meditation and I can do five sun salutations. Totally. You know, or sometimes I just do three big deep breaths and I'm like, good to go. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. Hey, like I am, um, I do Joe Dispenza meditation. I think anyone who follows me on social media knows I love Joe Dispenza, but his meditation's an hour long. And I'm like, some mornings I'm like, I do not have an hour right now. Like if it's the weekend and I'm having a really relaxed morning, I'll be like, yeah, no, you know what? I'm going to meditate for an hour. But other times I'm yeah. like, no, I'm going to do my seven minute breath work meditation. And then I'm like, good. And if I don't do that seven minutes, I actually notice it massively during my day. And so that's kind of like my minimum that I have to do that. And if I if I like run out or forget to do it in the morning, then I have to do it like at lunchtime or like in the middle of my morning just to kind of like bring me down. I feel like it needs to like 
dull me down a bit and then I'm like oh okay good I can focus now rather than if I do I feel like I just can't focus but yeah doing something for sure um okay cool so tell us a little bit obviously about your story now you can take this whichever way you want to go wherever you want to go into it um I'm very open obviously we know we both know that your story we could talk an hour on your story um so just yeah tell us a little bit about the background of of you and everything that's kind of brought you to where you are now Oh gosh. Yeah, no, you're right. My story is massive and I'm like, I'm 40 years old. So I've got, I've had 40 years experience on this planet. Um, and I probably, like I said, before we started this podcast, I feel like I need to practice like honing it in or picking a specific topic because I feel like I have covered so much in my life, but basically probably the biggest part of me has been that I have been, um, bodybuilding or body sculpting for the last six years and chasing my pro card. Um, so I have been on stage as a bikini diva, as a fitness model, I've competed 12 times. Um, and this year I finally decided that I'm going to stop chasing that crown. And, um, there is, there is still a little, this is pretty new for me. So there is still a little part of me that goes, Oh, when I say that, but it's actually a really beautiful thing for me to, um, in a sense, be crowning myself. So my journey has come, what got me into the bodybuilding um, was I came from a physically and emotionally abusive marriage. I left that through lifting weights at the gym. So as I grew stronger physically, I grew stronger mentally. And then I was like, right, I'm going to get up on stage. Um, I guess in a roundabout way, I was seeking validation. Um, and I have always battled that whole, I'm not good enough and always had to deal with self-love and self-worth. So I was ultimately seeking it outside of me. Um, and that's fine as well. But it was also, I had created um, a whole lot of addictions and bad behaviors. And so quite a clever soul, because what I did was I found a path that kept me off that dark path. So in a sense, every time I got into comp life, it was like putting myself through an army, through a camp of self-love, like, do the right training, do the right nutrition, stay away from drugs, stay away from alcohol, stay away from toxic people. You know, how somebody who actually truly loves themselves lives on a daily basis. But I needed to, I needed to have that comp. I needed to have that goal for me to, to stay on the straight and narrow. So it makes sense to me why I was doing what I was doing. And now I feel like I've finally come to a place where I love myself enough that I don't need to be seeking that validation on stage I don't need to be spending that money because oh my gosh it costs a bomb and um, <laughs> I'm putting all of my energy and all of my money into becoming and being this coach and this woman who can help um, people on that same journey you know of um, letting go of their limiting beliefs and stepping into the person that they that they are worthy of being does that make sense? Totally. I think I remember probably like four years ago or something, we were talking um, kind of similar about this and you were like, I just want to help the other girls who are going on stage to believe in themselves yeah. that they can do it too and that, you know, it's not about the perfection, but it's about just going out there and doing something and believing in themselves. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and I think you've been on that that journey pretty much since then, hey, and it's kind of, I guess you've got to that point where you're like, actually you know, I don't need to concentrate on one thing. I can just be me 
and still have all the love that I need. Yeah. Totally. And find it within myself. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I, I think I remember a couple of years ago, you said, you, you kind of came and you were like, okay, Fleur, I think I'm done with comp. And I was like, oh, okay. And then, you, and then a couple of months later, you were like, no, I'm, I'm back in. <laughs> I'd, love, I'd love to know what was, because I can't remember what your process was then when you were like, okay, I think, I've, I think I'm done. And then you were like, no, 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 no I'm going to go again. What was your, I guess, what's the difference now than it was then? Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. And it's funny because the last podcast I did just recently always goes to this and it's fine. It's cool. Um, but it, it comes down to the relationship that I was in. So basically, like, I think what happened was I would get up on stage and every, and I did really well. Like I actually killed it. Like I didn't get my pro card in the federation that I was seeking, but I still did amazing. And, totally. you know, every time I came off stage, I was just like, I was like, I had no one to share it with. I'd been putting all of my time and energy into my competing that I had not been seeking a relationship outside of me and so I was seeking you know like obviously dealing with self-love but then seeking love like I've got love to give as well right so then I got into um I got into a relationship and that didn't work out you know that fell apart for whatever reason and um I think it's my it was my default mechanism so as soon as that fell apart and so that obviously naturally rattled my self-love rattled my confidence and I was just Kate clutching at straws like now what do I do now what do I do I don't want to go off the rails I need something to focus on I need something to ground me so it makes sense that I would go straight back into comp life but with COVID um, and everything else that's been happening in the world that kind of there have been no comp well there had been no competitions in my federation they had kept being put off so um, I guess I have over the last couple of years, I've been gearing up to compete again and something's put it off. And now I'm just like, I think that's a sign from the universe that it's time for me to just let that be. Yeah, agreed. Mm. Okay, awesome. So I guess in that journey, because there's obviously been quite a lot in that journey, you know, including relationships and including, you know, finding that, that love for yourself and realizing, you know, there's so much especially with like COVID and everything that's happened. I know so many people who've, you know, had events planned or have been training even for like triathlons and whatnot that have been cancelled. And they're like, oh my goodness, I've put all this effort in. Um, I'd love to know kind of what's been some of your biggest challenges throughout that whole process or, you know, even even maybe finding self-love and finding you. I think that... Um... Oh, that's a hard one. I mean, obviously there's always heaps of challenges, whether you're in comp life or not. Like that just seems to be the way that life is for people these days. You know, like life has got its challenges. None of us us ride for free, right? But I feel like with, for me personally, and especially with wanting to compete was the guilt that I felt as a solo mum that I was taking all of this time for myself. And I feel like, um, even though self-love seems to be this big thing and, and, and people understand it now, it still almost feels like a rebellious freaking act to love yourself. Like even my mum, who's very old fashioned and old school, you know, I'm like, I'm amazing. And she's like, calm down. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> so, like 
so we kind of like we're taught to not I'm sorry but it feels like we're taught not to like it's not okay to love yourself and now I walk around and I'm like I'm the I'm the queen like where is my crown and she's (laughs) she's like sit down um so I feel like as as a solo mum, it was the guilt that I felt that I was putting all this money into me and spending all this time on me. But I knew that I was doing it to be a better version of me for Jackson as well. I, I knew that at the time. Living in a small, so I live in Fongamata. There's like three and a half thousand people here. Um, Is it that and small? And a lot of them are older. Yeah, it's. Yeah, it's tiny. So living in a small beach town community, um, I felt like I was very in your face and kind of standing out. Like I would go from like when I'm in my bulk, I would be 20 kgs heavier. So in a three month period, I would shed 20 kgs. Yeah. So it was a massive transformation. And I really... I feel I'm reluctant to share this because I feel like I don't want to put the town down, but I felt like me living that lifestyle made other women not like me. Like I remember going down and picking Jackson up from school and coming home and saying to my mum, like, why does no like why did none of the other mums talk to me she's like did you (laughs) look at what you're wearing like you're wearing little booty shorts and a sports bra and I'm like it's hot it's the middle of summer (laughs) and I don't don't think anything of it and she's like they don't look like you and I'm like but they can like they can even come train with me like I would love that and she's like yeah but they don't want to (laughs) they don't want to do that so I feel like those were two really big challenges for me was the fact that I wanted to be accepted and loved by my community and I wanted to fit in and I was standing out. Um, I even lost my gym membership at the local gym here because of some controversy and stuff that went on there. But ultimately I feel like it's just because I was not willing to go with the crowd. Like I was standing out and I was, and I was living a life that was disciplined and um, I was focused. And so to, to be like that, there were consequences that I suffered. You know what I mean? Do you, do you get what I'm trying to say? Like I, I didn't fit in. Know what you mean? Yeah, and so that was probably my biggest challenge because I just want to be like everyone. Like I want to be included. I want everyone to love me. You know, because oh my god, that's going to so help with my self love. So it was that, <laughs> and, it, and, it was, and it was the guilt of um, you know using that money. I even I remember telling another woman down at the school that my comp bikini cost me uh, $1,200 and she told other mums and it ended up becoming, they were like, it was terrible. They were like, do you know that Kate spent $1,200 on her comp bikini? Like it was, I was judged on it. So those were my two biggest challenges. That's so awesome. Um, I am so stoked that you shared that because I think recently, I don't know if I've just become more aware of this, like I've always known it, you know, being an entrepreneur, like striving for more, like wanting more out of life. We have been brought up to be happy with what you've got, be happy with where you are. Why do you want more? Why are you dreaming? Why are you living in dreamland? Like, why can't you just, why can't you just chill? And I don't know, like I'm from England, everyone knows that I'm from England and 
you know, I've shared a lot uh, about my family and um, the way that I was brought up. And I was so lucky, you know, I have an amazing family, amazing parents, and they worked their little butts off, you know, to, to give us the life that we have now. And, and I saw the transformation, you know, they were, as a family, really had nothing when, like, my oldest brother was young, like, nothing. And even when I grew up, you know, all my clothes were secondhand. But they worked so hard for forever to get to where they are now. And, you know, now they're in a place where they're, you know, financially stable, financially happy. They don't need to worry. They can buy new clothes. They can buy us stuff. They can buy cars, you know, which just wasn't a thing. Yet, although they had that in them and they were like, you know, we are striving to to have more and to be more and to become more. There was also this this kind of idea that oh you like the only way that you're going to be successful is by going and working in a bank in London with all the high flyers and networking with them and getting into that crowd you know which they kind of aspired to where I was like well like no there's I mean there's plenty of other ways but the difference is that if you stand out and you kind of don't fit into a crowd then you're you're kind of you're kind of like showing up differently and people are looking at you differently and people don't know how to handle that and I was just going to come back to this in a second but uh, you know I've talked I've spoken and I've I've spoken on stages about this too with you know being told to not be so damn confident because people don't know how to act around you and it's like whoa whoa like hang on you're telling your daughter to not be so confident and not go and introduce her to to her to people because people find it weird when you're a woman and I was like yeah like hang on like this is not how we should be treating our women like we are strong friggin powerful beings we should be allowed to do whatever the hell we want and act the whatever the hell that we want but this background of you know which I'm sure would have stemmed from his parents is like oh no no like the women kind of stand in the background and they you know they they fit in and they blend in with everything that's going on and you see it so I guess it's more visible now because everything's online but there's so many haters out there that it's like oh well I'm striving for this what why the hell are you striving for that can't you just be happy with where you are or you're you're a dick like you've got too much makeup on or you've got whatever like why are you not wearing any clothes why are you wearing too many clothes like so much and it's like people spend their time online just hating on others because they've got nothing better to do but what I was getting to with this excuse my ramble is that those people like that wasn't your doing that's their doing you know that's that's them they're fighting oh okay well why don't I like Kaylee oh because she looks really good in hot pants and a bra and I don't and I don't work out or have the discipline that she does so I feel bad and I couldn't wear that and I've I have 100% been there where I've literally looked at girls who are like walking past and I've changed this but I used to look at them and be like oh I can't believe they're like wearing like hardly any clothing and sometimes you know when like this whole bikini with the g-string came in I was like wow I can't believe that you're wearing that like well this is kind of like mind-blowing whereas now and I had this this summer someone someone actually mentioned some 
something like that that I was with and they said oh I can't believe they're wearing that they should not be wearing that and I was like you know what they should be wearing whatever the hell that they want to wear if they feel good in that then they should go wear it and they should just own it and we should not be like no one should be allowed to judge them like it's their life it's your issue if you're judging them it's your issue because you're not only just judging them but you're judging yourself that's what it is yeah and it's sad because it's nothing to do with you although you feel it it's not your thing it's theirs that they're carrying and you know and I think we say this you know hurt people people who hurt people are hurt people right and it's actually them the the ones that are struggling with it rather than it being actually against you it's about them yeah and I've got to say like I've been that mum that looked at another mum who looked awesome because she was training at the gym and I think that's what um encouraged and inspired me to go and do the same you know so we're always faced with that option you know if I if me rocking around in my sportswear triggers you then that's probably because that's something that you want to do so go and do that you know like it's in our triggers that we find out what it is that we are actually craving totally and that's why we get triggered right is because they're doing something that we believe that we should either be doing or that we know that we can be doing but we're not yeah yeah um and it's such an important lesson to learn. I think so many people don't realise that and just kind of walk around going, oh, what? I can't believe that you earn this much. Like, that's not fair, <laughs> you know? It's like, you could totally just go and earn this much too, but you'd have to do something to get there. Just go do it. It's like, oh, no, I couldn't do that. And it's like, yes, you could. Yeah, you could. You just got to decide that you're going to go do it. Just don't do it. Even when I put self-tanner on, the amount of people that say to me, oh my gosh, you're so tan in the middle of winter. And I'm like, you can go and get a bottle from the chemist. Like it's easy peasy. You can do the same thing. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I get it wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh no, I can't. They've got all these excuses. All the excuses. Yeah. yeah. Um, awesome. Cool. So um, I guess I'd love to know, apart from a challenge, is there a time during, I guess the past sort of, I guess I'm just going to keep it like five, six years that you felt like you've failed at something. And that could be during comp, it could be relationship, it could be anything that, yeah, I'd love to know if you've ever felt that and how you dealt with it. Absolutely. Every single day. For starters, I could tell you that I feel like I fail as a mum every single day. And I think that other mothers listening to this podcast will get that. Like, Oh, being a mum is such hard work. It's the best job in the world, but you ne- I don't know what I'm doing. I have no freaking clue. I didn't even have to get a license to have a kid, you know? <laughs> so I'm, I'm constantly questioning myself and being like, holy shit, he's just had two-minute noodles three nights in a row now, but he loves them. Like, you know, so I'm constantly feeling like I'm failing as a mum, which I think is a sure sign that I'm actually a good mum because I'm aware of the fact that it's, impo- it's an important role to me. Um feeling like I failed in comp life like was do you know what I feel like every time I was doing a competition I could nail my eating I could nail my training I could nail my posing but I feel like if I'm actually going to sit here and be brutally honest with you every time I was heading towards that stage I just knew that I didn't quite have that belief system on point So, and I feel like that has 
that was the most important part to get. Like I would get second place or I'd get third place or whatever, but I obviously, like I never, I never got the pro card that I was seeking. And I think that it was just that I just lacked that, that last little bit of belief in myself. And I think I was hoping that I would get it through the journey of getting to the stage but every time I got up there and didn't do as well as I was hoping I would do, I kind of went into the next comp like, oh, shit, okay, I could risk, I, I'm risking this again, you know? So that was definitely, I get, how do I explain this? I guess the, it was the mindset part behind the, the comp life that I felt like I kept failing in because the comp life was damaging it. Does in, that make sense? In what way? I, every time I got up there and I was called a number, yeah, because they don't call you by your name on stage, every time I was called a number, that I had to do quarter turns and show 10 judges what my glutes looked like and then I wasn't given the place that I thought that I should have got, which was freaking first every time it smashed me and it hurt and I didn't get to have a microphone and tell everybody what I'd been through you know like that was I remember the last time I went out on stage and we were standing I was standing with the girls and I was like I just feel like I need a freaking microphone man (laughs) I've got so much to say you know and I was I actually said this is so funny I actually said to the girls I was like let's not go out on stage (laughs) and they were like what that's what we're here for and I was like nah let's start a let's start a um revolution (laughs) yeah and I was like and I was like, when they tell us to turn, when they tell us to turn to the right, let's go to the left. <laughs> I was so naughty. I was just like, my whole body and my whole soul was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to seek validation. Screw them. You know, and it wasn't nothing personal against the judges. That was me coming home to me and being like, you don't need to do this. You don't need to do this. You know, it kind of sounds as though you were not meant to get first place oh my god oh my god yes so I was drive. I was talking to my best friend this morning and I was saying to her who am I to get on these podcasts and talk to people about mindset and manifesting and they're going to be like okay so she doesn't have her million dollar business and she's not manifested the man of her dreams and I had this hopefully this will make sense I had this light bulb moment and I was like oh my god I was like, how boring would it be if I showed up on stage and I said to you guys, I've got the house, I've got the dog, I've got the business, I've got the man. You guys would be like, okay, so what's this chick got to talk to us about? But the cool thing is, is I'm jumping in to my life, into this new level, this new version of me. And as people get to know me, they're going to be like, holy shit, this chick turned up and she you know, started speaking about manifesting a mindset and stuff. And then all of a sudden she manifested the man of her dreams. Like, and the cool part of my story for you guys today is that I didn't win my pro card. Like how boring would it be if I turned up here today and I was like, I'm a WBFF bikini diva pro. Okay, cool. Awesome. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I didn't get my crown and that's what makes my story so freaking cool. You know, it's so funny that you say that because Josh and I have this conversation so much. Josh has this thing in him that he's like, oh, I've never been through anything difficult. I've never been through anything tough. Life is always good. I'm always happy. Like I have this like life of my dreams. Why does anyone listen to me? (laughs) And I'm like, 
Babe, like, why are you judging your story? Like, and I think we we speak about this in business all the time, right? And I'm like, people who are like, oh, well, I haven't had this incredible like journey, and I haven't gone from being this person to being this person, and I haven't had this incredible like health transformation. I'm like, it doesn't matter. It's your story. Yeah. Like, why are you judging yeah. your story? Like, who cares? And yeah. I think the I think our biggest lesson in life is that we don't have to have this magical intense from like rags to riches story from freak like whatever it is I think so many women especially men apart from Josh maybe because he I don't know he's yeah got that heart in him you know (laughs) I love the man but he yeah yeah he cares a lot and yeah I think women just feel like they have to be this either this superwoman this superhero or they've had to go through hell in order to be able to have a story to share and I tell you what you know I've I've the guests that I've had on this podcast some of them have seriously gone through hell and like sometimes I'm talking to them I'm like wow I can't actually believe that you're alive like it's crazy but every single one of them probably thinks oh well my my story is not really worth sharing I'm like whoa like hang on like do you guys have any idea it's crazy um and I think yeah whoever's listening to this podcast needs to know if you want to share your story you need to just go share it everyone wants to listen to you whatever the story is and if you don't have if you don't think you've got a story you do you just got to find it in yourself totally yeah um okay so I guess um, in terms of, because fa- I'd love to sort of dig into a little bit about mum guilt, mum life. I know that that's yeah. a huge thing for mums. And I think you're so right. Like if you have mum guilt, it's because you're a good mum, because you're a good person yeah. and you care, right? Um, and so many women, or oh, so many, like I coach so m- many women during the week that have just got everything on their plate and want everything I want to be the amazing mum. I want to be the amazing career woman. I want to do everything around the house. And I'm like, hey, you know what? It's great that you want to do that. But do you truly want or do you just feel like you want the need for other people to say that you can do that? Yeah. What's your I, take? I feel, I feel like we as women, I feel like, we are all making it very hard for each other. I feel like we have this rushing woman syndrome and everyone keeps going. And so I'm not going to put down my vacuum cleaner and my business hat because Sally next door to me, she's going hardcore and i got to keep up with her because the kids are going to school and they're comparing lunches and we're all being compared. Like it's Like I feel like, women in general just all need to like put down their swords at the same freaking time but we won't you know we've all got to look good and we've all got to we've all got to have our shit together and be rocking around and uh, to be honest like I I've got all of those all of those things spinning for me you know like I I can keep up with appearances that's all good but to just slow down and actually truly be present with my child that would be that would be gold to me. And yet nobody sees that, you know, only me and Jackson see that. And 
I would far rather leave the dishes on the bench for the night and go and spend five or 10 minutes talking to my son about where he's at in life at the moment. You know, like that's, that's far, far more important, but man, it's hard to get out of that. It's hard to get out of that belief and that, um, and that cycle, you know, because that's what we're all doing. We want to look good. We want to look good to society. God forbid somebody should turn up to my house and it should be messy because that's going to look like I don't have my shit together and I've got to look like I've got my shit together, especially because I'm a solo mum, you know? That's the story that I tell myself. Mm. Yeah, and I think so many people, so many mums, in fact, you kind of, you know, you you, you see it um, at like brunches or like school not school lunches, well, I don't really know school lunches, but, you know, when it's like, oh, we're meeting up with the mum, so I've got to bake something, and it's got to be good, and if I burnt it, oh, my God, it's like the end of the world. Oh and it's like, what? Like, are you serious? Yeah. Like, no, like if, if honestly, in all honesty, if you have friends who are going to judge you because you burnt your cake and you bought the burnt yeah. cake that's got the top chopped off or something, they're not really your friends. <laughs> like, let's be honest here. Yeah, exactly. And do you know what's so cool? It's funny that you should talk about the baking because Jackson has taught me, everyone that knows me personally knows uh, knows the special bond that me and my son have with each other and how much he means to me and what he's done for me. And he has he's this old soul who has taught me so much. And he actually has taught me not to give a shit and not care. Like he'll come home with a notice and it's like, I'm like, oh my God. So all of a sudden he's like, here she goes. She's fizzing because there's a freaking notice and it means mum step up. Oh shit, I've got to keep up with appearances. What are we doing here, Jackson? And he's like, not you, mum. I'm like, what? I'm like, I'm reading it. I'm like, I've got to bake something. He's like, not you, mum. You don't. I'm like, but darling, he's like, not mum, no. He goes, nobody wants your cucumber slices. You know, <laughs> And he's like, and I don't need, I don't need the drama or the stress. Or anything. Like, no, 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 no. So he's like, let's bin the notice. Oh my God, he's so cute. <laughs> that is so awesome. More yeah. kids like that, hey. Yeah. Oh, so good. I love that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's, oh, I just, I just wish women spoke about this more, you know? I really wish they did, and it's not... I even had a... Um, actually, no, I probably shouldn't share that story because it's a client. But, um, <laughs> you know, someone really just looking after their kids and their husband in the house before looking after anything to do with themselves. And I'm like, so when yeah. when do you do something for you in the week? And she yeah. literally, like, looked at me and was just like, why don't? And I was like, Really? And I was like, do you yeah. at least have a cleaner to clean your house? She was like, yeah. oh, no. And I was like, babe, like, get yourself a cleaner. It's not like you can't afford it. Plus, you, sh- you need to do it for your own, your own, like, self. Like, unless, yeah. and don't get me wrong, there's some women there who absolutely love cleaning. It's like the, like, I think my sister-in-law absolutely loves cleaning. And I'm like, great, if you love cleaning, then do it, because you can dance around the house, put yeah. some good music on and do it. But if you hate it, I hate cleaning. Getting a cleaner has been, yeah. like, the best thing in our lives, because Josh hates cleaning too. And I'm like, why are we yeah. doing this? Like, let's get a cleaner. And it's like, oh, it's so relaxing. Crikey, yeah. the sun's just coming. 
and it's really dark. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's a really important thing for women to think about that we we don't have to do everything and be everything. We just have to be and who we want to be. And those yeah. that are with us on that journey and love us will always be there. And the rest doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was at the supermarket the other day. You just, you just made me think of something. And I was, this woman says to me, she's like, oh, you're so good with your healthy eating. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I am. And she's like, I had some chewing gum. And she was like, oh, are we, are we just eating chewing gum? I was like, no, that's ridiculous. Like, that's not how you lose weight. <laughs> you actually have to eat food. In fact, your whole body will go into stress and meltdown and you'll end up putting weight on. And I said to her, I was like, do you know what? Men don't care how much we weigh. They actually don't. And the point to what I'm saying here is that, you know, when you're talking about if you don't like cleaning, then don't do it. Woman, I feel like women on this planet at this time, if we just relaxed calmed down, did the things that made us happy, our children would be happier, our men would be happier, and the world would just be a freaking happier place. Because women seem to be, we have this power about us. And so if we're not happy and we're not good and our cups are not full, then things are not okay. Like, what does my dad say? Happy wife, happy life. Totally. You know, like, yeah. You know, she, she, the, the second in charge, whatever, the woman in your life, like sh- the person that's actually running the ship in your house, she needs to be happy, you know? Um, and she needs to embrace that in herself. Yeah. So she, so she needs to be allowed the space and the time to be able to do those things for herself, to go catch up with the girls and, yep. you know, yeah, just, just be fucking happy. And I think sometimes it's just a conversation with your hubby or your partner or your kids because when you have that conversation you're like hey I'm gonna go do something for myself and they're like oh what do you mean and then if you actually said to your your husband your partner oh well I you know I'm gonna pick up dancing lessons or something and they're like "Mm, why are you doing that you're like oh because you know I I want to and I've never really done it before and it's something that it will make me happy and they'll go oh well if it makes you happy go do it yeah and if, if someone turns around and says, oh, no, no, you can't do that, then you might need to rethink. They shouldn't be in your life, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Agreed. It's the same with our business, yeah. right? I'm kind of like the men who don't support their women who want to have a side hustle or earn some extra income so that they can go and buy the stuff that they want because they feel like they feel guilty for using other money. I'm like, if your yeah. husband does not support you for doing your business... One, he doesn't believe that you, yeah, he either needs to leave or you need to just be real with him and tell him what's really going on here and why you're doing it and why it makes you happy. As soon as he sees that it makes you happy, it's a different thing. If it starts stressing you out and he sees you being more stressed, no, he's not going to, he's not going to be happy. But if you can show him how much it lights you up, then it will change his world too. Yeah. Totally. Cool. Thanks, babe. Um, so I'd love to know, obviously, um, I'm not enough has been one of your biggest limiting beliefs. And that's probably the thing that's taken through your journey into self-love mostly. What do you think has been the biggest thing that's helped you? What well, I didn't quite catch what you just said. You so say? obviously, um, not feeling like you're enough has been like the one of the biggest limiting beliefs for you. And it's taken you through essentially your journey of life. 
what's been something that's helped you in understanding, you know, getting that self-love and realising that actually you are enough? Oh, it's a hard question. <laughs> it doesn't have to be anything specifically. It could be a, a bunch I think, of things. I, I think it was just a repetition of not getting what I thought that I should be getting and I'm still here. And in fact, not only am I still here, but I'm a better version of me because I never actually quite got the things that I was seeking outside of me. And that all just kept taking me back to Kate and going back within me. And I was like, okay, well, I didn't get that, but I've still got me. Okay, well, I failed that relationship. Hey, but I've still got me. And so I feel like that's what, like that's, actually what made me realize that I am enough just on my own just as me you know is the fact that I'm still standing and that I'm stronger because of it and that I've got so much power and love and light within me despite all of those perceived failures yeah yeah love it um okay my two last questions what's one of the scariest things that you've ever done I do scary stuff all the time. (laughs) I feel like I'm I'm a super sensitive um, person and I, so I do find stuff real scary or really exciting, but literally just, um, just showing up, like just doing podcasts or um, speaking to people, like I find this stuff really scary um, because probably because I've got no filter, like you're always going to get me real, like the real version of me. And so for me to show people the real me and not just see a modeling pic of me is really, really scary. But um, also jumping out of an airplane. Like I know I wasn't even scared about doing that until the moment I jumped out of the airplane. And then it was like logic sent set in and I was like, okay, I can't fly. I don't have a parachute <laughs> on my back. <laughs> And I, so I'll never, ever jump out of an airplane again. I did not like that. Oh, I yeah. loved it. I thought it was so cool. I'm like, let's go up again. Let's do it again. That's so interesting that you were like really excited to jump out. And then when it came to the point of actually being in the air, that's bizarre. Normally it's the other way around. I know. I, I know. So I've heard all of these stories about people who jumped out of the airplane and they felt free. They're like, oh my God, this is amazing. It was the total reverse for me. I was not scared until we jumped out of the plane. So I don't know what that's about, but yeah. And how did you feel when you landed? Me. That I was so grateful to be on the ground and I turned around <laughs> and I said to the guy that was on the ground, ever doing that again. <laughs> he looked he, I actually lost, I lost the plot so much about it and I'd picked the highest jump, of course I did, over Bondi Beach. I couldn't even open my eyes and he had to oh, um, no. loosen, get us down as fast as it, so we had to spiral real fast to get down and I was like screaming and trying to like latch on to him behind me. I was that petrified. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. I kind of wish there was a video. <laughs> It was and I threw it out because it's terrible. Oh, no. Like it's, it's, it's really bad. <laughs> um, okay, last question. What's the biggest piece of advice that you'd give to our listeners today? Believe in yourself. As cliche as it sounds, just freaking believe in yourself. If you don't believe in yourself, no one else is going to. But not only that, like you can't, 
man, I've tried it. I've, I have, I have battled with self-belief and I have dealt with doubt and I still do. It's a, it's not something that you earn, that you get, and then you put it in your pocket and you rock around for the rest of your life with it. It's a daily practice and coming home to yourself. But if you don't have self-belief, you're not going to go very far. And if you do, it's not going to be a fun time. Mm. So that's literally like, yeah, believe in yourself and your, your belief system. So the things that you believe in this world, they are everything as well. Yeah. Yeah. Any, any tips on things that you could do daily in order to help believe in yourself? Daily affirmations. So like my biggest advice would be, um, you know, we all have negative thoughts. We're human. Like like it's, it's human nature. And also to have, self-belief you have to have self-doubt to experience you know one or the other like it's just the duality of the universe right so I would invite you to sit down and work out what did what did what are the repeating thoughts that you have going through your mind what are the what are the things what are the negative things that you're thinking sit down write them down so that you can be aware of them and then write out the opposite of that and then literally say them on repeat I know that it sounds really ridiculous but it's my number one advice so literally stand in front of the mirror and tell yourself I am good enough I am worthy of love I'm beautiful I'm powerful whatever it is that you need to say and you're literally reprogramming your mind you're telling yourself a different story every cell in your body hears it the universe hears it you're literally casting spells with your words yeah I love it yeah, and I love affirmations too. They're so powerful. I've just read mine actually. <laughs> um, cool. Thanks, babe. Um, well, hey, thank you so much for, for joining us today. Um, I think everyone will have taken, gosh, quite a lot out of that actually. Um, it's been super helpful. And I think we could probably do a whole nother podcast and just keep talking as well. <laughs> I kind of delve a bit deeper into some different parts. But um, yeah, I think it was really cool. So thank you so much. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and head on over to iTunes or your favorite podcast listener and give us a five-star review. Don't forget to join our free Facebook community called She's Unshakable, where we get to share our tips and tricks and experiences with building courage, resilience, and belief in ourselves. I look forward to meeting you in there.